Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. What's your favorite dip? Uh, that's the question we're asking you on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Dippy. 651-641-1071. Dip into this. What's your favorite dip? Uh, we want to know. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Sorry, I had to cough. I had dip you in okay? my throat. Just kidding. I haven't had dip in days. Uh, uh, Dippity-doo-dah. What's your favorite dip? Uh, six five one Why six four one one zero seven one. Listen, I was working on my Pinterest. Um, that's basically my cookbook is Pinterest, and I have a an entertaining um tab, and within that entertaining tab, I have a tab called Dip Baby Dip. You may sense a theme on my Pinterest boards. I like to name my boards after you songs. Like, uh, fun names, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, but I had just found out that I had found this. Uh, I'd found this um, article on the takeout: thirteen dip recipes to whip up as an appetizer, entree, or dessert. And I thought, well, this is like striking gold. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Who doesn't love dip? Uh, Holly, do we have any callers? Nobody loves dip. Well, that's actually not true. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> Nobody's calling in to tell us that they love dip, but we have gotten a tweet and two emails that I wanted to share. Uh, Panda uh, sent us a tweet with a picture of Rojo's street corn dip. Uh, she said, "I love pick." She says, "I love pickle roll up dip." I don't know what that is, and honestly, making it can be easier than making the actual pickle roll ups. But I also love this dip, and it's the street corn dip. I've gotten it surprise at Costco. It's seasonal and has recently come back to stores. It's good cold or heated. Rojo's street corn corn dip. I've heard about that. I've actually seen it. I've never bought it. Really? I've n- I haven't even seen it. In fact, um, you know, that's hilarious because I literally, when I was at Costco, God, must have been last week or the week before, I heard a lady go, have you ever heard about that Rojo's dip? Like, she literally said it as I was walking through the aisle. That's it was hilarious. Like, yeah. We did get this email from Brian who said, ooh, this is a good segment for my dip tip. My favorite dip is a good spinach dip. Okay, and I'm going to agree before I even read any further because I know where Brian's going with this. And the key is it has to be a good spinach dip with some Hawaiian rolls. But then he says, for a budget-friendly alternative, I like to dip tomato basil wheat thins into whipped cream cheese. Yes. So yummy. Also, whipped chocolate cake frosting makes a good sweet dip for Nilla wafers. Okay, that was like a threefer. Thank you. Uh, And we got this from Tanya, who said, uh, favorite dip, buffalo flavor top the tater, and all the goodness of the top the tater with the heat of the buffalo sauce. So... There you go. I love all those dips. I'm not a huge buffalo person, though, so I don't tend to run towards buffalo dip, but I'll eat it. Well, I'm a top the... I mean, who doesn't love top the tater? Oh, God, yeah. Top the tater is a sometimes dip at my house, so that's like a special occasion dip. That's like uh, we're going on a vacation at a place where there's a kitchen, and we. that's like, oh, we've got top the tater. Like, you don't keep it at home, but you bring it on all the special occasions. Holly, do we have a caller? 
Ashley's here. Hi, Ashley. Hey. Ashley, what's your favorite dip? Oh, I love that dill pickle dip. It's so addicting with like Ritz crackers. What is that dill pickle dip? Well, is this like homemade? Yep, dill pickle. It's like the the you know Minnesota sushi. Oh, the pickle roll up. Okay, why have I never heard that there's a dip of this? Oh, it's so dangerous. Okay, I mean there's a dip of what? I was just gonna say you can make anything a dip. That's what's beautiful about dips. Yeah, my neighbor makes really good habanero jelly, and I like that with cream cheese. But I guess, I don't know if that's a dip. That's like a spread. No, that works for me. Now, listen, I feel like a dip and a spread, it is all how you use it. So, okay. yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give you that one. Uh, Not th- like the soup and the chili. Thank you. We don't need to bring that up again. That That is a little bit raw. Chili is not soup. Nope. <laughs> no. Thank you for your call, uh, Ashley. Thank you. Do we have another caller, Holly? Sue. Hi, Sue. Sue, what's your favorite dip? I have to find out how you make those roll-ups into a dip. Right? Me too. I gotta look that up. Uh, yeah, because, uh, I don't know, that's that's really good when you do that roll-up, but that's not my dip. Okay, what's your dip? Okay, please don't judge, but really, I have to have a shout-out for sour cream and Lipton onion soup mix. Oh, oh my God, Bradley that's my Trainer, favorite I was, dip of all time. I was just gonna say, you, you found yeah. your person. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, just... That's just classic and good. I mean, it's just a classic dip, and it is, you know, it's addicting. It's got, like, I honestly (laughs) love that dip better than any of the dips that you'll find, like, pre-made in a store, frankly. I mean, Top the Tater is, you know, to me, Top the Tater is its own special creation. But, like, when you see the sort of generic, like, French onion dips and everything in the store, like, uh, they don't hold a candle to the original. No, because then they've got a preservative taste to them. Preservity. Yeah. I, I love that. You know what I just made recently that I hadn't made in like 15, 20 years was where you melt um, Velveeta with Rotel tomatoes. Oh. And oh, actually, so I was liking it at first, and then it got really um, preservative. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's the thing, right? <laughs> hey, I just want you to know that you can find that pickle wrap dip recipe uh, everywhere on the internet, but there's one on okay. iowagirleats.com. Okay. So, Go forth and make it and uh, drop some off for us. Thanks for your call. (laughs) Have a great day. Uh, Bradley, what's your favorite dip? Oh, it's obviously the onion dip. I mean, hands down, old school, sour cream, Lipton onion soup mix. And actually, I will say... Um, I the store did not have Lipton onion soup mix, mm. so I used Nor brand. Oh, sure. I think it was Nor. Or, no, it wasn't Nor brand. It was some other brand of dried soup mix, and it was just as good. So, like, it really doesn't matter if like the supply chain, you know, has taken away your favorite ingredient. You can make. Uh, make do with whatever's available. It's also good to just have those around in your pantry because um, you throw that in with a good pot roast and oh, it God. spices it right up. Holly, yeah. what's your favorite dip? I like spinach artichoke. Mm-hmm. I like it when it's nice and hot and creamy. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Do you like the hot? You like it like real hot with like the and you just dip the big bread pieces in there. And because mm. would you? Here's a question: mm-hmm. Would you guys consider queso? To be a dipper is queso in its own category, so, like chili is not a soup. Funny you should say that, because I was going to say my favorite dip is queso, because yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, queso, so, to me, is queso's dip. I mean, yeah. it's certainly it's certainly a sub-genre of dips, yeah. right? Like, it's not a sour cream-based dip, it's a cheese-based mm-hmm. dip, but I do feel like queso is definitely... You can dip. You can dip that. 
Holly, do we have another caller? We do. Jackie will give us the last word. Wonderful. Hi, Jackie. Jackie, what's your favorite dip? Uh, My favorite dip is a sweet Vidalia onion dip, and it's warm. And it's, it's, it's as easy as can be. It's two cups chopped Vidalia onion, two cups mayonnaise, two cups um, Swiss cheese. Mm. Put that all together. Um, put Parmesan on top. Bake it, and it's you can put it on crackers or baguette. Um, and then l- later, when you've got leftovers, put them on homemade hamburgers, Ooh. and it's to die. Okay, thank you. That's next level. Uh, I'm putting this on my Pinterest dip board. Thank you for your call, Jackie. And thank you, everybody, for your call and uh, calls and your great uh, dip suggestions. <laughs> um, get dipping, y'all. Hey. Dippity do, not dippity don't. Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of do, every Friday we do something uh, spectacular with food. Speaking of do. <laughs> Okay, Holly. Holly went to the different do. Uh, well, we all might be doing that. We're gonna. It's interesting that you call it a do do and not a do don't. Anyway, go on. Thank you, Bradley. Uh, we're gonna try. Uh, you know what we talked about it yesterday. We're gonna do that. Uh, that McDonald's menu hack. When we come back, we've got a couple of the hacks ready to eat because it's cheat day. We'll be cheating after this on my talk one zero seven one. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. And it is Friday, and uh, we do something special on Friday. And uh, what do we do, Bradley? Cheat. Dirty, rotten cheetah. Cheat day taste test. Stick this in your mouth. I don't know if I want to stick this in my mouth. <laughs> You're gonna have to, okay. or we're not gonna have a show. Okay. So I'm breathing through this. Uh, yesterday, we talked about this a little bit on the Colleen and Bradley show. It is the new menu hack from McDonald's. Yeah. They have four different sandwiches that you can mix and match that turns into a menu hack. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to do it yourself. And starting on Monday, you can order these by name. But we thought, listen, all the tools are available to us. We're just going to get the tools. We're going to make the foods and we're going to try them. So, Bradley, did you assemble yours? I did. I have it sitting right in front. You want to see it? Yeah, I do. Ooh, see, that one actually looks oh. decent. I feel like you really get in there. So, what's happening? I did. So, you'll have to tell me what this is called because I don't have I this in front of me. So, what you're eating is like called a- the Crunchy Double. Yeah, crunchy double. So, just to tell you what it is, it's a double cheeseburger and chicken nuggets with tangy barbecue sauce. Tangy barbecue sauce. Mm. Okay, and so, so like- I, but I had to assemble that myself. So I ordered a double cheeseburger, mm-hmm. an order of chicken nuggets, added the sauce, and then I assembled the chicken nuggets underneath the two cheeseburgers between the bun. Okay, so. I thought that sounded like work, but you made it happen. Uh, You're a chef. It's all good. Holly and I are sharing something. We are sharing what is called the surf and turf. And I just realized I think I put it together backwards. It doesn't matter. You did the turf and the surf? I did. You know, listen, they don't give you detailed instructions, but yeah, it's got like a... 
I don't know. You gotta you gotta ditch one bun, and then Holly you stack them on top excited. of each other. I think I no. was supposed to separate the burger and put one burger on top of the fish. Listen, I don't. I don't have to. No, ain't nobody got time for this. Is that going to matter in the end? No, it all is going to the same place. Okay, I was going to so, say your stomach doesn't care. I'm going to be honest. Can I tell you what's turning me off right now about this? By all means. Is that there's tartar sauce on. Like, these are oh, dressed as the way that these things are dressed. So oh, there's, but tartar sauce is basically special sauce, right? But tartar sauce on the fish and then on top. And, and I've never done this with fish. Pickles, onions tomato or like ketchup and i mean all the dressings of your burger so it's just a lot there's a lot happening who's gonna go first on this i'll go first i'm happy okay bradley yeah you've got the like you got the call again okay so yours is called bradley's trying the crunchy double now these are the menu hacks from mcdonald's that starting on monday you can order by name the crunchy Mm. double includes uh, nuggets, chicken nuggets below a double cheeseburger with barbecue, tangy barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Okay, oh, Bradley's okay. liking he, it. He is in a moment. <laughs> All right, look at you. I've never seen you so happy. <laughs> oh, please. Okay, that's not true, actually. I saw you eat that magnolia pudding that one time, which was mm. like our one and only five. But you're liking this. This is really, 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 really good. I Either that or I haven't had... McDonald's fast and so food in a long time. <laughs> okay, but that was really good. It actually it, it works because you do get a crunch. Yep. I was not sure how the chicken and hamburger would go together, but I think it actually works. Weirdly, I've never had beef and chicken together, oh. but it it works. And I think the thing that makes it work mm-hmm. is the tangy barbecue sauce. Yeah, that will like tie the room together. You know, yeah, it kind of it's is sort of like, like a rug. It's like the rug of of food. Mm-hmm. Either the rug or it's like the mutual friend. Right. Like, you know, chicken nuggets are friends with barbecue sauce. The burger is friends with barbecue mm-hmm. sauce. And they've never hung out together. But they, you know, finally decided to get together at the behest of tangy barbecue sauce. And now it's just a party. Okay, well, I got I bad mean, news. These friends should go hang out together more often. I don't know if the filet of fish and the double cheeseburger have a friend in this sandwich that's going to tie mm. the room together. Well, um, let's do it. Yeah. All okay. Right. Who's go- Holly? Go in. Yeah, okay. You go in, and then while you're, you know, digesting. Actually, you know <laughs> what, love- Bradley? All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. You explain what we're eating and we'll just yeah. both go. So again, the ladies are about to shove in their pie hole or are currently in the process of shoving a burger, essentially, and a filet fish into their pie holes at the same time. And I don't see any immediate 
problems. It appears that they it are tastes fine. Fine. It, oh, go ahead. Hoss. Oh, I was just gonna say, it just tastes like McDonald's. Like there is, n- I I just have McDonald's in my mouth. So I don't know. What I else there is. I agree with you because I think the I got to be honest. I think that the fish gets lost in the sandwich. Like it, I, it's so weird to me because I love a filet of fish. Yeah. It is such a like classic. Like when I was a kid, I used to always get a filet of fish because I don't. I'm pretty sure they didn't have chicken sandwiches at McDonald's when I was a kid. So if we went to McDonald's, I got a filet of fish and an orange pop. Yeah. So and the, I love I love a filet fish. So I'm curious what this tastes but like. But it's like overpowered by the burger because the burger's so burgery. Like it's very burger forward. And there's two patties up in talking. here. Mm-hmm. So okay, enjoy your sandwich, Bradley. Yeah. So what happens is you eat it, and then you're like picking fish out of your teeth, right? And it, that's not. But it's not. I don't taste the fish, right? You're picking fish out of your teeth. Well, you know, there's a textural experience of the fish, but the flavor of the fish is overpowered by the cheeseburgers yeah. and the sweetness of the ketchup and all the other stuff that goes with a, a cheeseburger at McDonald's. But it just has that that essence of Mickey D's. So and I'm like, oh, I have something in my mouth. Yeah. But what is it? I don't know who came to my party in my mouth. Right. And yeah, <laughs> one of them is like in the corner, just like watching the party happen. And that's the fish. The fish is in the corner. Um, I want to give people... Okay, first of all, I don't think that was worth the assembly. Like, I would have just rather have just had the burger or the filet fish I didn't eat it all together. But the other arrangements that you can get on the McDonald's menu hacks that starts on Monday... On Monday, you'll be able to order these directly off the menu. The hash brown McMuffin, the land, air, and sea, the crunchy double, and the surf and turf. Bradley, on the crunchy double, three... Holly, oh, I would give it a four. A four? Okay, Holly, on the surf and turf. Two. I'm going to give it a one and a half. Oh, wow. You guys and, put some chicken McNuggets on a cheeseburger. Well, I mean, we've learned our lesson. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, we are going to uh, tell you about some D-bags after this on My Talk 107.1. Uh, Bradley, are you enjoying digesting that lovely crunchy burger that you just had. I literally ate that thing in the break in like two seconds. Okay, so that is... Kudos, McDonald's. A glowing recommendation for the McDonald's menu hacks. Uh, I would say you can skip the surf and turf, but that's fine. Do you? Um, And this is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer, And we have some celebrities behaving badly in that their names are... D-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Really quickly before you get to your D-bag, I just want to say I wish the location that I ordered from McDonald's had unsweetened iced tea. Thank you. That is my personal gripe. Carry on. Wonderful. But you're not calling them D-bags for that. Just a suggestion. No, no, no. no. I just... It's a positive suggestion because I wanted yeah. something to wash down my my hack with. Who is your D-bag today, Colleen? Thank you for asking. It's Nicolas Cage. What? Oh, no. This is fishy. It's, uh, that's cute. I see what you did there. Um, Nicolas Cage. And not, like, honestly, this isn't so much D-baggy. As it, it's just, like, Nicolas Cage weird. So, apparently, he wants us to know. He told the LA Times... That he has a special pet in his home. 
What? And that pet is a pet crow named Hoogan that lives in a geodesic dome at his Las Vegas home. What? He has a pet crow. But he lives oh, in a okay. geodesic dome. He said... It's very he, 1970s. Right. He believes that the crow adds to his goth aesthetic. He also wants us to know that the bird bullies him a little bit. Quote, crows are very intelligent, and I like their appearance. The Edgar Allan Poe aspect. I like the goth element. I am a goth. This is uh, Nicholas Cage to the <laughs> LA Times. Um, he's he, saying he's a goth? He's saying he's a goth. Uh, and then he explains that the, the bird insults him whenever he leaves the room. The bird calls okay. him an A-double-S. And uh, he said he's taken to calling me names. It's comical. At least it is to me. When I leave the room, he'll say bye, and then he'll go, What? What is happening? None of this is real, because first of all, that's not a crow. That's a mina bird, and something tells me he doesn't have a mina bird. So what is actually going on with Nicolas Cage? I mean, that is the age-old question, is it not? What is going on with Nicolas Cage? He's playing Dracula. Oh. That's... Oh, is he playing Dracula? Yeah, he's going to be playing Dracula okay. in the upcoming film Renfield. Uh, it's so he's playing up his there. dark side. He's, if you will, it's method. Maybe I don't know. I just let the crows be, and also, like, if you have to tell me you are a something, you're probably not a something. Do you see what I mean? Like, if you have to, like, say, I'm a goth, and then show me all your gothiness. Yeah, also, I just feel like goths everywhere just, like, well, I think goths everywhere would just always be frowning. But, you know, in particular, hearing the words come out of Nicolas Cage's mouth, they would not be amused. Yeah, he's like a pop goth. He's not a real goth. And, And like you said, like, goths just goth. One of my the best experiences of college that I had was getting to know and befriend a woman who was very much part of the goth movement. I just it was like, I don't even know how to describe the kind of like, attention to detail and commitment she had to her craft. It was a thing to behold. So I just feel like, you know, um, goths deserve better Nicolas Cage. And also so do crows. Thank you. Yeah, having a, a pet as an accessory. Oh, I got real problems with that. Yeah. 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 Also, wild animals shouldn't be pets. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I get it. Sometimes people befriend animals from other walks of life, but. Yeah. And sometimes. Or I mean, not walks of life, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes you walk animals. into the woods and you strike yes. up a conversation with a deer, and it's very lovely. And you're like, hey, come back to my place. So I do have a question, though, about his geodesic dome. Is it inside his house or is it outside his house? And well, did he- usually. Those are the, that's the home, right? It's like a geodesic dome house. I don't think it's the home. I think it's one of those, um, cause now you can buy those like bubbles basically that are like outdoor. Yeah. Oh, he lives in an outdoor dining. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like a, like, like a, in the North loop. Loop. like a, like, like a, Oh, that's just yeah. Nicholas cage. 
Yeah. No, I thought I was going to get a table at Parlor in the middle of February, right? but instead it's just Nicholas Cage's <laughs> house. That's what I think. So then I got the question: Did he just like? Did he just drop that geodesic dome on a wild crow that was just living its life? No, I don't understand. All this. right, let's get clear. Here's some clarification oh, via our friends at People dot com. Thank you. So it's the pet crow Hoogan lives in the geodesic dome at Nicolas Cage's Las Vegas home. So the crow has its own dome within Nicolas Cage. It's a chrome dome. Yeah. Or crow dome. The crow dome. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what's happening there. Man, what is Nicolas Cage's Las Vegas home like? I don't want to, I don't want to visit there. I just don't have, I don't have the patience. I don't have the energy to like corral that energy to go to Nicolas Cage's home. No Mm-mm. thanks. No it's thanks. Too much. too much. I'm going to pass too. Just going to eat my McDonald's hack menu. Okay. Bradley, who's your D-bag? I mean, not right now, because I have a D-bag. Yes! Mm. My D-bag today, surprise, is, is this dumb Chloe story. Oh, oh I just Yay! love these. Chloe story! You guys, you guys... Khloe Kardashian is not torn up about Tristan Thompson's paternity scandal. She is stronger this time around. Oh, sure. Sure, Jan. So what follows from our good friends at Us Weekly, which, by the way, this is an exclusive. So I guess, theoretically, this could be coming from Kris Jenner, Inc., uh, or LLC, whatever the, the actual organization is, but... To me, it doesn't really even matter. A source exclusively tells Us Weekly that, you know, Chloe is leaving her past behind and she's been doing really well. Quote, Chloe is stronger at this time around when it comes to Tristan. Since she's been hurt by him before, you know, she's hardened and it's not as sad and uh, she's not as torn up about it this time as she was last time. Mm-hmm. She's focusing on herself, yep. her business, and her daughter. Yeah. So I love that she put her daughter third. But um, I just love this idea and that herself like... herself first. Yeah. Like, well, now you we know, know the priorities. Would you expect any less? No. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I just love the idea that she's like, ah, I'm so much more hardened this time. And then her friend Bev goes, oh, Chloe's hardened now. I'm going to call Us Weekly and tell them that Chloe, she's really hard this time. She's gotten hard. She's got calluses now. <laughs> she's been on this <laughs> ride before. This is not her first cheating rodeo. Like, all of these just, like, tired, boring cookie cutter oh, stories. I would call them publicationship stories because I think that's where this all just comes from is like they want us to believe that Courtney or excuse me, Chloe and Tristan were a thing beyond their decision to have a child together. I feel like if she was ever aggrieved, it was the first time. And from that moment forward, they made a business arrangement to like do what they need to do to get what they need to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, because the, because the proof of that, would it not be, do you think, that they still continue to raise their child together mm-hmm. and show up in the same place together? Like, if if she was, you know what I mean? There's no drama here. The drama is only the thing we hear in tabloids. Right. We don't see any drama. Right. Like, I believe there's drama between Kim and Kanye mm-hmm. because despite the stories that they're telling us in private, right? Like, you can see it in public. I don't see any public, you know, back and forth with Chloe and Tristan. Well, and yeah, that always, like, how do I say this? 
it doesn't I don't want to say that it's because of the marriage, but she was married to Lamar Odom. And that that you know, scenario that unfolded with Lamar Odom, there felt like a lot of like authentic stuff there. Oh yeah. The stuff with Tristan Thompson has always felt a little performative. Well, and, probably and, because it is. And to your point, like I feel like somewhere along the line, somebody probably was like, because they, you know, they never got married, and I'm sure somebody said to Tristan, like, do do whatever you're going to do, just don't get caught. And he yeah. just kept getting caught. And I would even give her the, you know, the benefit of the doubt from an authenticity standpoint, and say maybe she really did think it was going to be different with Tristan, the, you know, when she first got it, like because I think the first time a man does what you know, Lamar Odom allegedly did that is to cheat. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have that experience once as a human. I don't want to just say it's women, but I think that the people we talk about for the purposes of this show, most of the time it's, do you mean Tristan Thompson? No, you did mean, okay. Yeah, I do mean Lamar because I think you learn something very significant the first time you're cheated on. Right. And you go into every other relationship. I mean, unless you're in complete denial, but I feel like she's got resources and strong uh, people Mm -hmm. around her that she probably learned a lot from that Lamar Odom experience such that she wasn't just going to be, you know, blindly walking into a relationship with Tristan. That said, maybe she honestly did. And if she, in fact, did, okay, the first time. Yeah. But now the second time, like... Fool me once. And the third time, Mm -hmm. like... Again, what have we always said about Chloe? She's either dumb or lying, and right. I don't think she's dumb. Right. Even Truth. though I think a lot of other people would just try to write her off as like, she's dumb. How dare you? Or how dumb do you have to be to let a man cheat on you like that? And I'm like, I don't think, I think she knew exactly what was going to happen. Oh, yes. And she got what she wanted, and that's just fine. And now they're able to raise their child. Yeah. yeah. It's always easy to dismiss any Kardashian Jenner as quote unquote dumb, but that mm-mm. they're not. Do it and, at your own peril. I feel like their getting back together was about her wanting to have another child because the other thing we know about the Kardashians is they always have children with the same people. And I think she was wanting to have another child with him. And that's why I think that they're probably, and this is all speculation, but welcome, welcome, that there was probably something along the lines of a conversation that was like, yeah, but just don't get caught. And he got caught, and that's why we're in the place we're in. Knowing full well if he does, it'll make for a great storyline. Like, I, you know, honestly. Yeah. They're either dumb. Well, you lie. Or you lie. You know, we could turn it. Well, and again, I just think that there are too many things around Chloe, and Chloe seems to be successful enough in life of her own. Like, take the tabloid stories away from it. Like, she is able to do things in a way that indicates she is fully aware of what a man is capable of doing to her, mm-hmm. and she would plan accordingly. Yes. And if she's not, and if we're giving her way too much credit, that's fine, but. Um, you know, I just hope for her sake <laughs> that's not the case. Thank you. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got an extra D-bag, a little double down action for you on the Colleen and Bradley show. A D-bag double down after this on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. And uh, we sometimes have so much D-bag, we can't hold it all in one segment. And then we have a little spillover. We call it a D-bag double down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. 
your D bag. Um, so I do have a yeah. What? Who's your D bag? Double yep. down. <laughs> so I would like to double down D bag today. A lady by the name of Julia Fox. Oh, Julie gets one of these. Uh huh. Yeah, she's now really she, been showing up. She has been showing up to the uh, chat lately. Do you want to just remind the audience quickly who she is? So Julia Fox is Kanye West's new muse. Uh, they met in a whirlwind way and have been out and about. Uh, she's been wearing his fashions and he's been doing her makeup. Yeah, and so much more. And she kind of comes across early uh, indications are in a way that leaves a little to be desired. I'm just going to be as um, Switzerland as I can about it as... um oh, What's the word? I can't think of the word that I'm trying to use to describe. I'm just saying diplomatic? like... Diplomatic, thank you. I wanted to say negotiate, and then I was like, that doesn't make sense. So diplomatic, thank you. There's a story, though, about her being a diva, which is not only just funny, but also just petty and juicy, and I don't care, and I wanted to share it with you. I don't even care if it's true. Um, I just also want to know if uh, she is ready for this level of public petty corner. Like, it's coming for her, whether she likes it or not, right? And I don't mean from us. I'm saying from the world around her. Specifically, there was a piece in page six Like, right now, everybody's on high alert to point out any flaw that she has or Mm -hmm. flub that she makes, right? But there's an exclusive over at page six with the headline, Kanye West's new muse gets into spat with New York City socialite in Paris. And I was like, oh, what's this all about? What's this spat you speak of? Uh, Well, there's a woman by the name, and I don't know her, but I want to tell you another funny headline I read about her. Her name is Libby Mugrabi. And um, (laughs) the headline I saw about her, because I was like, I don't know who she is. And I Googled it. And the first headline that came up was Libby Mugrabi on her nasty divorce. I'm a lot like Princess Diana. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So what did she, (laughs) what does this have to do with Julia Fox, right? Apparently they were at the, you know, it's Paris Fashion Week. And they were both there in the same place. And I guess Lily asked Julia... If she would agree to be a, to be paid a fee, which this all just sounds like something that you know goes on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, Libby asked her, "Hey, would you agree? You know, we'll pay you um, to have a friend, Celia, um, and I can't pronounce Celia's last name, but Celia's high fashion designs." Now, this is an Athenian designer who has dressed people like other famous people, okay. such as. Chloe, Iman, and Naomi Campbell. So not nobodies, right? Like these are some people. Apparently, Lily said that um, Julia, who, quote, has been parading around Paris with Kanye uh, in a range of turn head turning outfits, simply, quote, snapped to Libby in response. So Libby was like, hey, would you do this thing? Um, And apparently Julia says to her, um, the actual words that came out of her mouth were talk to my stylist and then just motioned to the woman that was like not too far away from her. So instead of like responding to her directly, oh. talk to my stylist. Uh, Libby goes on to tell page six. So Libby is literally telling tales out of school directly. Libby says, Julie was just sitting in the restaurant with a group of people who were all in black, black lipstick, and looked like they'd been dressed by the scary section of the Spirit Halloween store. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That tells a story. (laughs) When I asked if she would be photographed in my friend Celia's designs, 
She was she seemed insulted. And after I spoke to her at her table, she said, you're being very rude to my friend. She also accused me of being inebriated, which I most certainly was not. Um, she apparently told Libby, you must be drunk you're or something. Drunk. Another witness said Julia was having a private dinner and Libby and her friends kept coming up to her table. Approaching a table during dinner and asking for a paid engagement is not appropriate. So, like, I don't know who's the petty party in this scenario, but I am here for it, especially the way that she described Julia, which I do have a comeback to. So, like, if I were Julia, I would follow up with something I'll tell you. But to say that the woman looked like they'd been dressed by the scary (laughs) section of the Spirit Halloween store is so delightful to me, except when you consider that she allegedly asked her to, like, then be paid to do so for her friend. I'm like, if you thought she looked like like a knockoff Halloween store... You know, why are you um, trying to accident? Why do you want to pay her? Yeah, like I'm here for your drama, but also come on now. No, and also you compared yourself to Princess Diana in an unrelated article, which I now need to understand. So love this. This this is a level of petty that Julia is going to have to deal with going forward, and I hope she's ready. Well, it sounds like she thinks she is. Now you said you had a response at the ready. Oh no! The response was simply, oh. "Girl, if you think I look like the Halloween store, yeah, wh- why like, are you? Why are you shopping there? Because um, you're trying to buy this, right? I do. I mean, I if love... you were Julia, you would just point the obvious out. But Can I also... maybe she just said that to page six and not to to Julia directly. I also just love the notion that this socialite <laughs> knows what the spooky section of yeah. the Halloween spirit Halloween store. Man, those spirit is. Halloween stores are everywhere. They really are, but I just also... love that she's like, that's where she's shopping <laughs> for her spookies. You're Nicholas Cage goth. Yes. Quote it. Libby was wearing a trucker hat with the word gaslight on it, and that was literally what she was trying to do to Julia and her friends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my so gosh. I don't know. I think the D bag here is just petty corner. Oh, I don't care. I love but it. I'm here for it. So I love it. Oh, to be because you fly just know this wall. kind of stuff goes on Paris Week all the time. Everybody there now. There are legitimate designers, and I don't mean to make small of like actual fashion, but it's kind of like any industry. When you get all of the people in an industry together, you know it's going to get real petty. Oh yes, and what I love even more is that like you you barely even um, touched on this, but in this page six article about this exchange, they pull in other rich folk, uh, like uh, David Mugrabi, who added on the way out of the hotel. Wait, hold on. No, it was. I'm sorry. This was. Uh, what is her name? Julie Mugrabi. Lily. Lily Libby. Mugrabi. Libby Mugrabi. Libby Mugrabi. She she added that on her way out of the hotel, she spotted Kanye in another room and sniffed. Kanye and Julia weren't even together. She's not that beautiful in person. God, she is bitter. Petty. But she does feel like she's, yeah, like that's very Princess Diana. Yes. Libby. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more like about these comparisons. Take a deep dive on this, gal. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to the cover of Vanity Fair to talk about Priyanka Chopra and her big cover story after this on My Talk oh. 1071.